This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society. And we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And good evening, Hearts of Oak, or afternoon. Uh, Matt Latis is joining us. Uh, we're doing this just a day before on the Friday afternoon. Matt Latissier, it is wonderful to have you back. Thanks so much for your time today. My pleasure, Pete. Good to see you again, mate. Great to see you. And people obviously can follow you. There is your Twitter handle and your website, mlt7.com. And I think we'll maybe start on that. Uh, let me bring up this uh here we go and that is your website uh, that is the front and people can sign up uh, to your newsletter and one of the intriguing parts of it were uh, of course many of your videos showing you where you're on social media but the not so rare section and this is about footballers who have had unexplained incidents on <laughs> the football field as a footballer, uh, I'd love to have your thoughts on that. And you've got maybe two years worth. And it's a, a great yeah. piece, actually. People talk about it, but not many people collate it together. You've collated it. So me just want to touch on what people will find on that section, how you as a footballer have seen this happen uh, with alarming regularity. Yeah, I mean, the... Um... The list was put together by uh, by somebody who contacted me who'd, who'd done a lot of work uh, on all this stuff, and uh, and I felt the need to uh, share that with everybody. So he allowed me to put it up on my website, uh, and it's a, a list of footballers who have suffered heart issues on the on the football field over the last um, couple of years. And uh, I think it's important to highlight it because uh, in my lifetime, um, I, I don't recall seeing this volume of. Um, young, fit, healthy people having heart issues on the field of play. And for the last couple of years now, I've been calling for an investigation to take place um, because it's not it's not normal. It's not normal. And, and people in authority have been ignoring the elephant in the room. These things keep happening, but nobody seems to want to ask the question, why does it keep happening? Um, and, you know, why... Has there been an increase? And, and there'll be people that will jump on that and go, oh, there hasn't been an increase. It's always happened. Um, I, I'm sorry, but uh, I think if you feel like this has always happened uh, at, at the same rate that it's happening in this day and age, then uh, I'm afraid you haven't really been paying attention. Um, my own eyes do not deceive me. Um, I watch a lot of sport uh, and I've seen with my own eyes the increase. I don't need data because as we know over the last few years it's very easy to fudge data uh very easy to to make up your, your own facts and figures i'm talking about stuff that i've seen with my own eyes which i didn't see in my 17 years as a professional footballer and it seems to i think the other week it was luton town playing and their captain was uh, was taken off and uh, again, when you pull it together, that's why what you put up on the website is fascinating because you hear it here and there. And it's surprising, I guess, how many people haven't connected the dots to me because they don't want to. Mm -hmm. uh, but, I mean, you in you mm -hmm. must chat to X 
footballers, uh, or do any of them express concerns, or is it just shrugging their shoulders and saying, well, uh, of course, it couldn't be the jab? No, um, uh, a while back now, I don't know how long ago it is, maybe a year, 18 months ago, I, I contacted about 100 ex-professional footballers to ask them if they would uh, co-sign a letter with me to the PFA, to the FA, calling for an investigation because we don't like what we're seeing. Uh, and I think only two out of the 100 said that they didn't want to sign it. So there was 90. And these are just players that were in my phone alone. You know, there's there's thousands more. Um, and, but 98% of the people that I asked said, yes, they've noticed and and they think an investigation should be done into, into what's happening. You know, I, I spoke to a leading cardiologist who uh, has information um, about uh, Tom Lockyer uh, uh, and about the conditions that he suffered and both the conditions that he suffered by all accounts um, are side effects of the of the vaccine. Uh, but of course, you're not allowed to talk about that. Nobody's allowed to even mention the fact that it might just be that the vaccines are causing uh, some problems with heart issues in people that are you know, really putting their bodies, testing their bodies to the limit, really. And, and I think that's the that's the key thing. These are, you know, finely tuned athletes who are pushing their bodies to, to limits. And uh, this is when the problems can occur. Um, and so it's something that I've kind of been shouting about for about 18 months that, you know, this needs to be investigated to see whether or not it is the vaccines. I haven't even, I, I don't even say it is definitely the vaccines. All I've said is we need to find out if it's something to do with the vaccines or not. Um, and, of course, people jump on that, call you a conspiracy theorist for daring to question the narrative and for daring to question the fact that a rushed through vaccine with no proper trials um, might just be causing some problems. Of course, the same con- when you – because I – been involved in politics quite a lot and uh, talking to, I know Andrew Bridgen has said this many times, that he talks to colleagues and privately uh, there is agreement, but publicly there's not. And it's the um, it's the same thing. I mean, why, why should you be one to actually speak out with what you see, not a medical profession, and others refuse to? But it seems to be the same in every, not just in sport, but in politics across the board in different spheres that people privately express concerns but not publicly yeah that's because the the um the government have uh used propaganda over the last few years to uh frighten people into compliance um and, and anybody who has dissented against the narrative has been has been cancelled basically uh, they won't allow them uh on mainstream television uh, they'll try and censor them on social media we know what what youtube have done we know what facebook have done instagram um you know even uh, twitter uh, and x there's um stuff going on on those platforms that is uh quite nefarious really um there are governments getting involved in in censoring people online you know there's a lot of countries around the world now trying to push through legislation through their parliaments um, you know, to to try to stop people getting out information that damages the credibility of the government because they know that they can't they can't keep the lie up for so long. Um, so they have to try to police the internet to stop people finding out the truth. Obviously, it was a bit sunny there. I can't believe it's sunny down the south coast. So we had to take a little break and close the windows, close the blinds, close that's, the curtains. That's why I've never left. It's always sunny down here, mate. <laughs> oh, it's sunny in Southampton. <laughs> uh, let's go. Of course, we 
Oh, not so rare. That's the terminology. And another thing that's not so rare is this. And we need to, uh, of course, Bernie Sanders is in our prayers today, uh, <laughs> that he has tested positive for COVID. Not so rare. My symptoms are minimal, he says, and I will continue to work from home in Vermont while isolated in accordance with CDC guidelines. I don't know what that is anymore. I'm <laughs> glad to be fully up to date with the vaccine. So two plus two doesn't equate. But uh, I, we've seen this so often, and often you'll have politicians saying, well, um, can, uh, I'm so glad I got my triple booster, because if not, it could have been much worse. Um, and he doesn't say what's wrong. I, I assume it's these made-in-China tests that he's done. But <laughs> what are your thoughts about Bernie? Uh, well, firstly, I mean, I thought these kind of tweets had kind of gone out of fashion about a year ago. I hadn't seen one for a little while. Um, obviously, uh, he, he's been told what to uh, to put out there to, to try and, you know, scare people back into – but it, it's complete and utter doublespeak. You know, he's basically saying, I, I'm fully up to date with my vaccines, uh, but they don't work because I've just caught COVID. And there is no – actual evidence that the vaccine reduces hospitalizations or reduces deaths or reduces in fact the uh, ability for you to pass it on to somebody else um so it's a complete and utter nonsense and he's basically saying the vaccines don't work um and they use double speak to try to confuse people um and i've seen this a lot over the last couple of years I actually had great fun reading the comment section below because yes, it is. Too. It, yeah, it's like 95%, me 99%. I literally was going through and I think I saw two positive ones, but all the rest are just taking the absolute mick out of him. And I don't know whether that clicks with people like him. Uh, I, probably not. You know, he probably doesn't even read his replies. You know, this is probably something that he's been, uh, his people have put out for him, um, you know, been told to do it. Uh, but yeah, most of us, I think now, um, the majority of people realise uh, that that kind of nonsense is a, is a bit of a scam. I think back before Christmas, I was going to uh, talk about meeting up with someone and they came back to me and said, well, uh, I'm sorry, but I've tested positive for COVID, so we won't be able to meet. And immediately your mind thinks, <laughs> I didn't know that person was into that. Uh, <laughs> but but obviously people still, they you see it on online, people still are, buying actually paying if you're getting them free one thing but actually they're going out fit and paying their wow. two, three pounds for these tests so the industry is still pulling in money uh and even in my local sainsbury's they have a little section by the counter you can buy your covid test along with your sweets and your alcohol let me mix <laughs> them all together but yeah i don't know whether you've come across people who are still saying oh i had a test and i'm positive um i nobody kind of really within my um inner circle uh, i've heard talking about testing themselves um friends of friends i've heard uh have you know tested positive and you know they're they're isolating my god um it's just uh after after this long with so much evidence out there it really takes a lot of willful neglect to not understand uh, actually, that those tests mean absolutely zero. Yeah, I, I wish some of those people would permanently isolate. Um, I'm not yeah. for a short time, but, <laughs> but maybe that's not fair. Now, if they keep taking the test, they'll be like that anyway. Because with the false positive rates, they'll they'll, they'll just keep isolating. Because right, it's you talk to friends, and uh, some people 
it takes a while to come on board and realize. Um, and I think there always should be a place for people, the penny dropping at whatever point. Uh, but three years into this nonsense, and that's when you get angry at people for the evidence is out there. Yeah, it, the evidence is out there if you if you choose to go and look for it. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of one of the biggest problems that people are so busy with their own lives they don't always have the time to to actually delve into exactly what's going on in the world at the moment. And um, you know, those are the those are the people that are still you know watching the news every night at six o'clock, believing everything that they're being told. Um, but there is a there is a whole different society out there and a growing society that uh, realizes that. You know, most of the nonsense on the news is is actually just that. It's it's just a way of getting you to think in a in a certain manner, um, getting you to direct your emotions in a certain direction, uh, and they're very good at it. I'll give them credit. They are. They've they've done well. Um, many of the organisation individuals that have popped up over the last three years, me weren't aware of, and one is Dr. Tess Lorian. We've had her on numerous times. Obviously, uh, she's very much involved with the World Council for Health. Um, I don't know if she's the founder or heads it up, but this is an interesting, I think this is helpful. A lot of people ask questions about how they keep safe, um, how they keep healthy. I thought that was an automatic thought process but you need mm-hmm. to tell people and she says um if you or those around you are getting ill the wch leaflet below may be of interest alternative you can find out uh, what i do to prevent illness and stay healthy by reading her Substack. and she touches on some things vitamin c vitamin d zinc um uh, multivitamins yeah all those antiviral nail spray haven't done that uh, and then quercetin ivermectin i mean they're common sense but it seems to be the common sense has gone out the window and people like tess laurie has to set up an organization to mm. remind people actually you keep faith and it's not about getting a donut with a jab yeah absolutely i think it's um uh, a symptom of our society really that the people have just been so indoctrinated to listen to uh, everything that they the government tells them um that they kind of forget to think for themselves and and look after themselves properly um, and it is up to organisations such as the World Council for Health. I think Tess Laurie is, you know, I, I've met Tess. I've spoken to her on numerous occasions. Um, she's a wonderful lady, um, and she has just got the best um, intentions for humanity. Um, so, yeah, I, I would uh, recommend anybody uh, to listen to her, what she has to say. Um, and it is it is common sense. A lot of it is common sense, but as you say, people are not, thinking for themselves these days um and so this kind of stuff has to be put out there you you think it should be but um you know here we are and this is what we're fighting against and um i think dr tess laurie has been a a real beacon of light for humanity over the last few years and um a lady with great integrity um and so yeah i think what she is doing there is is absolutely uh superb and uh essential really for for people who are prepared to to look after their own health um, rather than just kind of look to uh, look to the government to uh, to solve all their problems for them. Yeah, and um, I've um, passed on information World Council Health to many people, but it's that simple thing like vitamin C, vitamin D. Well, vitamin D weren't allowed to say that. That was <laughs> that, that that I'd hate speech or misinformation, uh, and it's a normal thing. You you vitamins are what makes your body work. Uh, and to tell you that you weren't allowed to say, I think we uh, we got actually a mere video restricted way at the beginning by talking about vitamin D and 
sunlight and those who don't get it make sure and take extra vitamin D. But it's it, common sense that we've known up to COVID suddenly goes out the window and that's not allowed to be spoken about anymore. No, absolutely. It was uh, a very, very weird period in time. And it's still a bit odd, you know, the, the fact that, you know, a, a drug like ivermectin was attacked so vigorously, um, given, you know, its history was just quite remarkable. And uh, it's just it's just crazy that there's so much evidence out there to, to point to the fact that the government uh, completely lied, flat out lied to people about ivermectin, about vitamin D. Um, and yet, yet people are still taking every word they say as the gospel and um, actually, you know, not taken on board. Uh, highly experienced professionals who've been in uh, their profession for, for many, many years uh, with great experience and, uh, and, and the government are trying to discredit these people uh, who just have the best intentions for humanity at heart. And it's, it's crackers. I think for the viewers, one a good book on ivermectin is Dr. Pierre Corey um, um, wrote a, a whole book on it and why it's so beneficial. And I think it's essential we re-educate ourselves on issues like that that um, don't believe the government line. Um, let's the media pick and choose what they talk about worldwide. And here is yeah. a tweet you'd retweeted from Peter Sweden about Nigeria, and Nigeria has. Uh, maybe it's the British fault for shoving countries together. I that's a whole other area. But um, the the conflict between the the Christian South and the Muslim North uh, has been there since Nigeria was put together. And Peter Sweden says it was a Chris, Christmas massacre. One hundred ninety eight Christians were murdered by jihadis in Nigeria. Most of those were killed. Most of those killed were women, children, and the elderly. Since twenty fifteen, a whopping eighteen thousand. Church have been set on fire. The mainstream media is ignoring this horrible attack. Um, it seems only yes, some some conflicts are allowed to be spoken about and others are not. How have you kind of viewed this? Because uh, one of your early tweets was about Ukraine, and that wasn't accepted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it is pretty obvious to me. I mean, it's it, it's not completely obvious to to everybody, um, but I feel like. Uh, the stories that actually the media ignore are actually the, the really important ones. Um, you know, they're the ones that are uh, real. They're the ones that are happening in countries like this, you know, an, an attack on uh, on Christians, um, 18,000 churches. I mean, how is that not headline news? The 18,000 churches, it's almost like they're, they're actually going, nah, don't worry about that. You, you carry on. We won't, we won't report that. Nobody will know. Um, and it's almost like they're actively encouraging it to, to continue happening. Um, uh, and I feel like uh, those mainstream media outlets that don't cover these things, there seems to be some kind of ulterior motive with them as to, as to why they, they choose to ignore something um, as newsworthy uh, as this is, you know. And um, I, I just find it bizarre, really, that some of the most important stories um, – are ones that just get completely ignored. Uh, I mean, you know, we've seen it umpteen times over the last few years. I mean, the vaccine injured stuff is is uh, another thing that's just completely ignored, not allowed to be spoken about. Um, you know, barely gets a mention in the newspapers, um, and it's it's a real it's a real shocker, really, that that these stories are just kind of swept under the carpet. 
Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts? Uh, we haven't talked about this at all, but if we could just just slightly on um, on what else is happening in the Middle East, because yeah, it is intriguing when the media cover a story, and I've uh, what's happening over in uh, in Israel actually surprises me with the 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 polarization, I guess, one side or the other. And and I will be generally very pro-Israeli just because I think um, as a Christian, you've got that 3,000 years of history, um, but people are people wherever they live and they should have uh, the freedom. Um, but what are your, because the media, again, that's the focus. It's the spotlight's gone from Ukraine onto what's happening in Israel and Gaza. Um, and people seem to be experts on everything, which, uh, yeah, intrigues me how someone overnight becomes an expert on an area of conflict. Uh, yeah, I mean, these things are obviously incredibly complicated. Um, and that's why, you know, I, if, if I don't know too much about it, I tend to you know, keep, my, keep my nose out of it. Um, but what I do see uh, in this conflict is the same playbook uh, that the government have used over the last few years, uh, of the divide and conquer. It's as, it's as simple as that. It is, you must choose a side. You must choose Gaza or you must choose Israel. Uh, you know, you must choose Hamas or Israel. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. You know, I don't you, want you, to choose a side. Uh, what, if what if they're both bad, you know? Yeah, yeah. What, what if they've both got bad intentions? Why do you have to pick a side? You know, what if Ukraine and Russia are both bad, mm, mm. you know? Why I, this is the whole thing over the last few years that I've come to understand is that they are very good at the divide and conquer tactics. They don't want the people uniting uh, in any one particular way because if we are united as as one as a people, we will then look up and see where all our problems come from, and all our problems come from the people that rule us. And, and that is what they are afraid of. Those people that are, you know, in government or above, even the ones above government, they are afraid that 7 billion people might just wake up one day and realize that all the problems in the world are caused by them up there, not by the people on the ground. You know, I believe that the vast, vast majority of people are decent human beings who will do right by their fellow humans and will help if they possibly can their fellow humans the vast majority of them can but the governments and the uh, and the people above them they don't want us coming together and realizing that they're the real problems in the world well that moves nicely on to the problems we have and that's one of the problems we have uh, although it is uh, stammer as well and I don't know whoever is in charge of the Lib Dems any longer or if the Greens even exist but uh, <laughs> this is the majority of UK Labour Lib Dems SNP Plycomry have given up uh, on this injustice with the general election next year is their interest to speak up again um, if they want constituents votes and I think this was I think Labour done a few of these do you care about millions of hard-working taxpaying family, small businesses and freelancers in this country who are purposely left to rot during the pandemic with no financial security, which you Sunak doesn't. And it is an interesting point because um, one, I maybe we'll touch on that point and then on the election that probably is coming up uh, within within three to six months uh, because those who were freelancers of which uh, there are many in the UK and probably more as a proportion than many other European countries actually were just 
left, um, where some people were paid to stay at home. Others had to nick out a living if they weren't employed by a company. Um, so actually, the sentiment on that is, I think, completely fair and true. Yeah, absolutely. There was um, there was a massive amount of people who were excluded from uh, all those furlough schemes, um, and those people were kind of forgotten and left to fend for themselves. Um, and uh, I think it's important that those voices get heard. Uh, that's why I was I was prepared to. I've, I've retweeted quite a lot of their stuff uh, over the past few weeks because um, I feel like they were they were incredibly harshly treated throughout all of that stuff. You know, I lost my job um, six months into, maybe not even six months into the uh, the nonsense, um, and uh, I didn't get any I didn't get any government help. Um, you know, I was in a fortunate position that I had some savings behind me that I could use to uh, to kind of get myself through. Um, but there were lots of people that didn't weren't in those fortunate positions to do that, and they weren't able to claim any of that furlough money. And then when you when you then take into account that all those fifty thousand pound bounce back loans that uh, were handed out, and uh, and I know of several people that took those loans, spent them on nice things for their family and for themselves uh, and and never ended up paying it back you know they just set up companies to to be able to take this 50 grand and then dissolve the company um, there's so much money that was just wasted throughout through that era uh, and you know Rishi Sunak was the one that was in charge of all that you know the PPE contracts the amount of money that was um, wasted on track and trace you know that the figures involved are unbelievable. They're so high that people just hear the word 37 billion and don't actually comprehend just how much money that is. And how do you spend that amount of money on an app? (laughs) 37 billion pounds. It's just mind-boggling the amount of money laundering that has gone on throughout this process and that people kind of ignore it because they don't actually understand that it's their money. It's our money that they're funneling to their mates through these schemes. And yet people just go, oh, I don't matter. It's just, they're just, they're just a bit corrupt. I, I get angry. But Matt, uh, are you not overjoyed that when Labour get into power, they're going to set up a commissioner and find out where all this waste has gone and recoup it all? So it's all going to be good, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm sure that'll work. Um, uh, and I'm sure that all the people, uh, Michelle Moan and all those lot, will <laughs> all spend time in prison for defrauding the uh, Treasury. Um, I just, I, I've lost all hope in in Labour, Conservative, politicians, promises, all the nonsense they come out with before an election. I'm just too long in the tooth now to actually believe a single word that most politicians say. Um, you know, or I, I believe if you want if you want a real democracy and you want real accountability, then when a party puts out a manifesto before a general election, that isn't just something that they put out and can't be held accountable to. They need to be held accountable to those manifestos because they can just say anything they want in those manifestos. And when they get into government, they just go, no, don't worry about that. We'll have that money for us. We ain't going to spend it on that. 
and there's no accountability at all. It's shocking. And um, what are your because the it seems though there there will be maybe soon after Easter, uh, before Christmas, before the summer, um, there will be a, an election in the UK, um, and it looks like the Tories will be trounced. Um, I did used to call them Conservatives, but that name doesn't mean anything anymore. It's a misdemeanor. Absolutely not. Uh, but what, what are your, because again, they will come to, we'll have the usual election campaign, but actually all Labour would have done over the last three years is spend more money and locked on people harder and punish dissenters even further. Yep. Um, it's actually just slightly worse than what the Tories were. They were they weren't actually in opposition during any any part of that pandemic. There was no opposition there. When people were telling them that the uh, the consequences of lockdowns were going to be far greater than the consequences of the virus, uh, nobody listened. Nobody cared. They just wanted to lock down harder. Let's be honest. Labour and Conservative Tories are two cheeks of the same arse. They they are just there's not a fag paper of difference between those two parties um and unfortunately uh i think things only change in this country when the majority of people realize that the two-party system needs to be chucked out needs to the whole system needs to be um rehashed and find something that works better than what we've got today you know even if that's a, a direct democracy a bit more like they've got in switzerland where you know we have far more referendums on important topics uh, and I think with the technology that's available today, it's it's much easier to to actually have that kind of direct democracy, um, you know, and set up a system where the people can vote on individual topics and not have to vote red or blue, and you know, have these have the the party whips making you toe the line in in Parliament. Um, you know, you should be able to to just vote on a separate issue on your own irrespective of, of what your party is telling you to do. But why do you think there's been a rise of parties across Europe who generally have been more very vocal against the restrictions? Um, we're kind of different. And you look at the Bernie Sanders tweet and it's full of uh, frustration and calling him out for being a hypocrite. So you, when you talk about how many people actually are awake and, and realise, you just look at a tweet like that and you realise actually if if that speaks for the country that would be a massive majority actually mm. get it. And yet that doesn't transpire into voting. Um, is it simply that we're just so tribal more than any other country? Um, why does that common sense not break through in election? Because I assume we'll just get red and blue at the next election. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it's been a lack of options, really, in terms of political uh, opposition. Um, now, we've got a lot of small parties, uh, you know, with reclaim and reform. Um, and, and there's a few more smaller parties now that are gaining a little bit of traction, but people have just so entrenched in their, in their views and their, you know, their family have always voted Labour or their family have always been voted Conservative. So that's how I'm going to vote because that's how it's always been. Uh, we kind of don't, we don't like change in this country very much, you know, um, uh, but I really think at this point there is a massive need for change, certainly on the, in the political spectrum. Yeah, completely. 
Well, let's. This was a a tweet over in the states, and it was uh, we now have forty candidates and twenty five elected officials from seventeen states publicly stating the COVID shots must be pulled off the market. Many of these are also pledging not to take donations from big pharma. Um, over seventeen thousand physicians stand behind them, um, and that tweet by Mary Telly Boone is all their listing and more are being added. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because after you see the Bernie Sanders tweet, people <laughs> begin to put it together and therefore they say, well, actually, this doesn't seem to be working. Actually, it could be detrimental. Uh, but even if they don't go that far and say it, it doesn't seem to, to work the money we've spent um, and with all the, the media reports on heart attacks and heart issues that suddenly are appearing out of nowhere. Um, is this people waking up? Because obviously the US have elections in, what, 10 months or so? Yeah. Yeah, I, I certainly think um, this for me uh, was a, a real tweet of positivity, a, a real thing of substance that there are people now in, in elected positions or going for elected positions that are actually willing to stand up and actually put their head above the parapet and say, this isn't good for us, no more. There's been too many bad reactions to this thing. This is the, the, the this vaccine, the, the COVID vaccine, has had the most bad reactions to it in terms of deaths and in terms of side effects more than every other vaccine combined in the world ever. Um, and that's not acceptable. And for people to still be going on about it and saying it's safe and effective, I'm sorry, but that's a, that's a lie. It's a li- it's in fact it's two lies. Um, although it depends when you say effective, what what your what your object of of the actual <laughs> vaccine was. You know, I mean, if you if you if the outcome of it was to reduce the population of the planet, then obviously yep. it's been very effective. Um, but it's not safe. You can't say it's safe because by saying that you are convincing everybody that there is no danger to it. You're not telling everybody of the dangers that this vaccine presents. And there are many, many, I think it was over a thousand different side effects, death being one of them, um, that Pfizer have listed on their website of being a side effect of the vaccine. So it's not safe. It's not safe for everybody. And if you're going to say it's safe, that has to come with a caveat. And they've never, ever put a caveat on it by saying that it's safe for most. They don't even say it's safe for most people. Because if if you said that, they'd have a much stronger point because then they'll go, well, you know, there's been billions of people taking it and only a few have had a bad reaction. So it is safe for most people. They don't even say that. They just go, it's safe and effective. It's not safe and effective. It can be deadly. And people need to know that. And yet there, within our parliaments, there have been so much. Andrew Bridgen has stood up and spoken about this. He had that meeting where he brought in a lot of uh, doctors um, uh, just before Christmas. And of course, in the stage, Capitol Hill, you've got all different um, Senator Johnson, m- many others have spoken. So, I mean, the information is out there. So I'm wondering how politicians don't get it. Um, oh, I think they do get it. I think, yeah. they're, I think they're obviously... Um, blinded by donations a lot of the time um and and let's be honest they 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 call it donations um to try to get around the fact that these politicians are bribed by pharmaceutical companies 
They're bribes. Let's not let's not mince our words. Uh, political donations are bribes. I mean, they're not going to give tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of pounds to senators who are not going to promote their products. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, and so we should call it what it is. If we start calling a spade a spade, we need to call it a bribe. Yeah, 100%. Well, let's um, – two more stories. One is on immigration. Um, and it is this from the Daily Mail. Fears grow of sectarian violence between Sunni and Shia Muslim migrants off Bibi, Stockholm, as authorities are told prayer sessions should be segregated. Now, it's not, of course, you have that division within Islam, but it's simply the, the mass level of immigration and the authorities not even wondering what that means. It seems to be they're bringing in groups and they don't understand where the tensions are. Um, and you kind of thought, well, anyone could have told the government these kind of tensions will happen when you put groups together. Yeah, but, um, you know, if you look at look at the bigger picture again, Pete, the overriding factor in that headline is divide and conquer. It is divisive. Again, it's pitting one group against another. And they do it all the time. The vaccinated against the unvaccinated, Ukraine, Russia, Israel, Hamas, you know, Sunni and Shias. They, it's just everywhere. It's everywhere. And this divide and conquer thing has to stop. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're all humans. And as I said before, the vast majority of us are decent humans who would do anything to, to help our, our fellow human being if they were in times of trouble. Um, and this is the, the thing that kind of frustrates me the whole time. Every single story that they seem to want to highlight is pitting one group against another, and it's just it's just so counterproductive. Yes, there was going to be problems. Yes, we. I mean, firstly, I mean, why is nobody actually um, making a serious effort to stop the amount of immigrants that are coming into the country. Um, I thought Rishi Sunak made it his top priority, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This again, the, the nonsense that they come out with in their in their interviews and the double speak that they use to try to convince people that they're actually doing something about it. It, it just beggars belief. Judge a man not by his words, but judge a man by his actions. Yeah. No. Completely. Um, let's finish off with. ULES, and if people haven't conquered, we have it here in London, the ultra-low emission zone, and many of them being put up around the country. And, of course, we have the awful individual of Sadiq Khan, the mayor of London, who will probably get voted in in May for, I don't know, the third time. I don't think there's any limit to how many times he can stand. But he's tweeted, the ULES is working this is where you pay to drive in to London if you have an older vehicle. More toxic air pollution has been averted by the ULES than is produced by London's airports. That does confuse me, but I'm sure Sadiq <laughs> Khan is, is a wise man. Um, but this punishment on, I mean, there are two issues there, but the ULES is a punishment on 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 those who cannot pay 30,000, 40,000 pounds for a new battery car. Um, so it is a tax on those on the, the lower middle class. Of course. Um, and with cars prices as they are. Now, we looked for a car nine months ago and it was, okay, we're getting secondhand then. We're not getting a new one. Absolutely. It's already controlled. But it's Sadiq Khan just, um, again, manipulating the, the public um, and telling them what to do. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, his credibility for me is uh, absolutely shot to pieces. Um, you know, he was already uh, found out to be lying when he uh, was claiming that, um, you know, how many people have died of pollution um, in London when he, when he tried this, uh, putting this scheme up in the first place. Um, and, you know, I, I just find it bizarre that the, the capital of our country uh, is being absolutely ruined by that man. Um, and if if you think that he's going to get back in in May, I mean, that, that just boggles my brain. Obviously, I don't go to London that often, but from the outside looking in, I'm like, how can anybody, how would anybody re-elect somebody who has ruined the capital the way that he has? It's just bizarre. And yet when you look behind it, there are obviously reasons um, why he will get re-elected. Um, uh, and, you know, those reasons are because he's obviously uh, popular amongst his own kind. Um, and there are a lot of people in London who actually are no longer British, no longer English anymore, um, you know, uh, and it's it seems bizarre to me that that somebody with such a with such a poor record um, would even think of running again, let alone actually winning it. Yeah, um, and with knife crime, uh, drug crime, uh, so high in London, the police say they've never seen it higher, and it just life goes on as normal. Well, it's about pronouns and it's about uh, battery cars and windmills, and let's ignore the the stabbing and drugs that are uh, becoming an epidemic in London. Again, again, it's that uh, it's the case of uh, you know the the stories that don't um, get the headlines are the, are the more important ones. Um, you know, and he will suppress uh, all kinds of stories to to enable himself to to get reelected, and that would be the, one of the worst things that could ever happen to London, in my opinion. No, I think it will. But also, you touched on airports, and uh, I was mentioned to you before when I was coming in from. Belfast City or landing in London City and they had a big sign saying by 2030 it was going to be carbon neutral um, and I thought how on earth do you get and I'm a plane buff but you can't really make an aircraft with an engine that has to burn fuel to actually move uh, I guess they're going to be very very slow planes probably <laughs> on a bus maybe you arrive at the airport well we're carbon neutral but here we have a bus for you today <laughs> I mean, is that stupid? The, when people come up with statements, they don't actually are connected to reality. No. Um, and yet people say, yep, I'll vote for more of that. And it's just utter stupidity. It's it's virtue signaling of the highest order uh, is what it is. It is utter stupidity as well. Um, but it is, it's virtue signaling. And um, let's be honest, how, how do they think that this is going to be possible? I mean, what technologies have they got that they can say we are we are going to be carbon neutral? Um, I mean, it just it it baffles me. It really does. Some of the nonsense that they come out with, and um, it's just I, I I don't even know if they believe it themselves. You know, when they when they're speaking it, they're not even they don't even convince me when they're actually speaking themselves that they actually believe the nonsense that they're coming out with. Um, but it's been it's been going on a few years. I mean, we were warned. Um, I think about eighteen months ago, and if it was the uh, Project Veritas uh, undercover interview with somebody at CNN in America, uh, you know, who kind of in the middle of the the big the big COVID propaganda, 
actually admitted um, that the next big thing was going to be, you know, the climate change is going to be the thing that everybody will be battered with um, through their news channels. Um, and, you know, we were warned about it and we are seeing it because it is everywhere. In every advert, in, in every television program, there seems to be some, you know, mention of it. Uh, we've got to get it in. The, the propaganda is just relentless. And uh, luckily, I think um, a lot of people are seeing through the climate propaganda a lot quicker than they saw through the COVID one. Yeah, and of course, uh, I think at Christmas, the, the big thing was that King Charles stood behind a tree that could be replanted. And of course, he's full on <laughs> net zero. Um, and you realize actually it's been driven from the top whenever he promotes net zero nonsense continuously. Uh, yeah, I mean, as the as the, the head of state, I mean, it's not really something that you should be speaking about in the first place. Not that uh, I listen to him uh, and I, I don't listen to a word he says, quite frankly. He's not, he is not my king in any way, shape or form. Uh, I mean, you've only got to look at the people that, uh, that he's hung around with down the years to uh, to actually think, hmm, maybe he's, he's not that, that great a judge of character. And perhaps we shouldn't listen to him. I mean, when your best mate's Jimmy Savile and your uh, yeah. Lord Mountbatten was one of your mentors and your brother's Prince Andrew, uh, I mean, come on. How many how many coincidences does it take? Um, so, yeah, he's not my king and I don't, I don't listen to a word he says, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, let me just leave the viewers with your website again. That's what um, they will find uh, yep. going on the website, mlt7.com. And the website, you can sign up, Twitter, Twitter, the best place to follow you. Might just leave people for our US viewers um, yep. who may not have come across you. Where is the best place for them to keep track of you? Yeah, on X uh, at MattLatis7. Um, and uh, all my interviews that I, that I do will get uploaded onto my mlt7.com website uh, and you can find um, all of my chats there um, you can also find the code there for uh, for my uh, CBD products um, which supreme CBD which I'm involved with um, again if you're uh, interested in your in your own health check out the health benefits of what CBD can do for you um, and there's a, a lovely discount code on there if you uh, if you want to try it and everything is there on the top of your Twitter or X. You, you do X, I still do Twitter. <laughs> I, I, it, it depends how it comes out. Yeah, I'm still, I, I do a bit of both. <laughs> Mix and match. Well, yeah. Matt, really appreciate you coming along. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on those new stories. Great to talk to you, Pete. Take care, mate. Have a happy new year. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.